Welcome to the Empowered Spirit Show. This is your host, Terry Ann Hyman. I'll explore the connection to the human spirit in a way that helps to navigate your life, including crisis. I am passionate about helping you to open up to your intuition and the metaphysical world of spirit to find your confidence in your own inner guidance. Take a pause, be inspired, learn ways to show up focused, centered, and more dynamic in your everyday life. Welcome back to the Empowered Spirit Show. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining me today. This episode is being brought to you by Forecast Salon, located in Homewood, Alabama. Forecast is a hair salon on a mission to shape a movement in the beauty industry, focusing on education, fashion, and creativity. Forecast strives to train stylists with the latest in education to provide their guests with the latest trends. Follow them on Instagram at Forecast Salon or find them online at forecastsalon.com. As this podcast goes to air, we are in the waning phase of the moon with a new moon in Pisces coming in on Monday. Pisces, deep spiritual energy. I see this new moon as being quite positive. Jupiter and Neptune co-rulers are both in their home sign. And this offers a strong and significant support for you. We also have some transits with Saturn and Aquarius. And this is about passion, higher purpose, and finding spiritual reasons for your dreams and desires to bring them forward. New moons are about new beginnings. And Saturn, which is our reality, get it done, responsibility is right there, strongly suggesting you can make it happen. This new moon in Pisces is a good time to commit to personal goals that expresses the positive energies. This includes taking a leap of faith, accepting imperfections in ourselves and in others as a different kind of perfection, perhaps even starting a project that requires imagination and visualization skills. Open up to a dream and maybe even share it with another. With this potent and powerful Pisces energy, we have the chance to make important changes in our lives. Be sure to take some time and set some intentions that inspire you as we start to awaken out of winter and open up to the spring. All of these cosmic forces and energy alignments I talk about on my Energy Focus for the Week, which you can find live on Sunday nights on Instagram and Facebook. We talk about what's going on, we align our energy, set intentions for the week, and I pull the tarot cards for guidance. Join me or catch the replay. As we move through these cosmic transitions, now is the time to clean up your energy with an energy clearing session. Schedule one in person or online. When we work with the energy body, it helps to release the old patterns and all that old stuff. Links will be in the show notes. For when you start going within and connecting to your soul and your spirit, you will find your answers. My Empowered Spirit private mentoring program has one spot open now just for you. Warning! Yes, this work will change your life. It can seriously improve your body, mind, and soul. Side effects? Yes, you may see yourself or others as they really are. You may experience loss of excess baggage, resulting in major life changes. You may become the person you are really meant to be. Standing up, speaking your truth, excelling in your work. You will learn lots of energy tools, techniques, ways to center your energy, get rid of the energy drains, and ways to raise your vibration with Reiki. You'll also learn to remove the limited beliefs that hold you back. Right now is a great time to learn something new. 
My students are saying they are understanding their energy so much better. They aren't taking on other people's energy. Their intuition is growing. Their clairvoyance is opening up. And they aren't holding on to all the old emotions and most importantly, feeling happier in their lives as they live with less stress. Schedule a spiritual upgrade breakthrough call with me and let's talk about how my programs can help you. In today's episode, I wanted to expand on some ideas that we talked about a few episodes ago, witches and cauldrons, and how limited beliefs about each of these tend to isolate people. Witches, as we have talked about, is about the empowered woman or man who is connected to Mother Earth, the cosmos like rituals and ceremonies and beliefs in their faith of spirit. Cauldrons, okay, I confess, I've had a limited belief on what a cauldron really is. I thought a cauldron was only a black kettle that witches used to mix their potions for their rituals. I said I didn't have one, but, well, yes, it is much more than that. A cauldron represents a cross-cultural symbol for the ritual and healing of our Mother Earth. As my guest today on the podcast, Reverend Wendy Van Allen shares in her book, Relighting the Cauldron. She shares with us her ideas and how it begins with each individual and how that individual brings forward its beliefs and relationship to the collective. We talk about the darkened cauldron, shaman inheritance in the Aquarian age, ancestor reverence, religion, spirit, energy modalities, and rebuilding the bridge to close the gap on patriarchy, sexism, racism. We talk about paganism and being a part of a new paradigm that is coming forward. Before we begin, let's take a moment to pause center, and set an intention for where you are right now. So wherever you are, if you can, close your eyes. Taking a nice deep inhale up the body and exhale, pulling that breath all the way back down. Inhaling, expanding the breath up the body and exhale, breathing all the way back down, grounding, centering. Inhaling, and as you exhale, call in your energy, call in your spirit, feel that alignment right on top of the physical body. Inhale, expanding the breath up the body. And as you exhale, call in the absolute light, streams of grace moving through you right into your heart right into the deepest part of your heart. Feel that connection of your spirit and the greater spirit, source, creator, however you choose to see that. Know that you are known. Know that you are loved and supported. Feeling all this energy coming in for you. Taking another deep inhale. 
and exhale. As we call in the masters, the teachers, the archangels, the crystal beings, calling in your own spirit guides. We ask that they work with us and through us to surround us and protect us as we move through this week. Taking a moment and noticing where you are on this great wheel of life. Here we are in the season of winter here in the Northern Hemisphere, and we find ourselves deep into the direction of the North, where we go into our dreams and our visions. We look to the energy of our ancestors for guidance and understanding, for their wisdom. We take a moment and offer gratitude for this path. Calling in to the North, the East, the South and the West, above us, below us, right into the deepest part of your heart, setting an intention for your path, feeling it radiating all around you, setting that energy for you, exhaling, breathing all the way back down, deep into the earth, grounding centering, starting to bring the awareness back, inhaling and exhaling, blinking the eyes open, coming back. My guest today, Reverend Wendy Van Allen, is an ordained interspiritual minister and counselor and a practicing spiritist. As a priestess of both the Lukumi and Wiccan traditions, she is a longtime practitioner of nature spirituality. She is a private nature-based spiritual counseling practice and teaching center in New York State. Mother Earth's cauldron flame has gone out as the climate crisis and resulting social chaos has worsened but it's not too late. In her book, Relighting the Cauldron, she confronts this problem and its origins, focusing on the spiritual disconnect we have between ourselves and our natural world. With the help of 10 other voices from diverse nature-centered practices, she helps you discover your spiritual center, better recognize humanity's interdependence with itself and other species, and live in harmony with the environment. So let us welcome Reverend Wendy Van Allen to the show. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for the invitation. I appreciate it. Yes, and congratulations on your brand new book, Realighting the Cauldron, Embracing Nature's Spirituality in Our Modern World. How awesome. Thank you. Yay. So I'd like to ask, like, what led you to write this book? So this book is, as a couple of your um, interviewees have shared, something that came out of the pandemic. I had been laid off. I was working at the Omega Institute um, and... Uh, I've been doing spiritual counseling since 2019. I was ordained at uh, One Spirit Learning Alliance as an interspiritual minister and counselor. And uh, during my layoff, I realized how much I enjoyed doing the counseling work. And working in human resources, part of it is connecting with people. I also have a background in anthropology. So um, long story short, it, it's a book that I've been working on for a long time. 
I think one of the big influences was attending the Parliament of the World's Religions, which took place in Toronto in 2018, and then also in 2015 in Salt Lake City. Um, and I was really inspired by all of the people that came together from all over the world, from different faiths and traditions that really want to make a difference, that want to bring a paradigm shift in the world. So those all came together in 2020 and I had eight months and I said, I'm going to write the book that I'm thinking of doing. And that's what I did. And, uh, you know, I'm really happy with the way it turned out. And I was really extremely uh, happy that Llewellyn accepted it because I'm a longtime reader of Llewellyn books. Yeah, that is just really awesome. And yes, a couple of things. One, I do know one spirit. I'm an ordained interfaith minister from New York as well. Yeah. Yes. And also the Omega Institute. What a great institute. I did some very early training. There's some great teachers, Laura Day, Carolyn May, Sark, like so many wonderful people. Yeah. So what a great opportunity now that you've taken all that and now come out onto your own and written this book. I think it's just awesome. And it's so needed for sure. And even your title is like re- lighting. How is that relighting? What does that mean for you? So for me, you know, I have been involved in pagan spirituality since a very young age. You know, I, I think I, I, I kind of joke, but I believe that I came into this life after having lived a few lives as a witch or a shaman or somebody that probably was not well received in those communities. And it's like something that's always clicked with me. The concepts of like, magical, cult, mystical, shamanic traditions, traditions that have to do with energy work and healing. And I mean, as, as far back as I can remember when I was four or five years old, all those seasonal celebrations, folk customs, those kinds of things have always interested me. And so I've, you know, I, I self-initiated as a witch when I was 18, first wave in the 80s, <laughs> you know, um, and I trained, you know, with some great teachers over my life. Um, so the cauldron to me is a symbol of the earth mother. You know, um, a big part of the paradigm shift is the awakening of humanity to goddess and to the divine feminine. Not that she's ever been gone and not that we've always, that she hasn't kind of appeared in different guises throughout the world and, and in different places in various forms. But I think that in this, at this time, people are really realizing that you know, mother goddess is, has always been with us. And the divine feminine is such a part of why we need to make a change. So the, the cauldron is a, has a, in my book, I go into a lot of the details as to what it represents and how it's kind of a cross-cultural symbol. But um, ideally it's relighting the cauldron is like connecting with her in order for us to bring kind of like renew the planet. Yeah, I so agree. And I love the way in which you connect it to so many various different religions and spirituality and how it all comes in. So I have to say, we were kind of laughing about me being in Birmingham, but there's this wonderful shop here in Birmingham that opened during COVID and it's a witch shop. We read tarot. Yeah, I read tarot there and everything witch related. And yeah, there has been a lot of good reception for it, but there's also been those that'll stand out in front of it on Sunday morning and like, you know, because they don't have the education, they don't really know. Right. And one of the reasons I podcast originally started was for the educational purposes so people can understand more and more. So I appreciate that idea of what the symbol of the cauldron is. And even in your book, like how you just open it up to so many paths that all lead to the same thing. 
Definitely. And, and I love that you're in Birmingham and I, and I really, I, like I said, I've been in the pagan community for a long time and I've gone to, to gatherings for a very long time. And there's great people all around this country that practice different forms of nature-based spirituality. Um, so I know they're in Alabama and I know they go to your store and, uh, you know, this book is for them, you know, in my studies, I don't know exactly who it was I learned it from, but I really believe this. I think there's really only two kinds of religion, Terry, in this world and two kinds of spirituality, that which is open and that which is closed. Those types that where, you know, we are inclusive and curious, if not want to share with each other, recognize the commonalities in different paths. And those who think that they have the only right way, you know, and I think that's the shift we're moving away from. And that's where the reactions are coming from. You know, this book is not for people that believe like that. This book is for people who are the former. Yeah. And people that are seeking. And yeah, I so agree. And, you know, I remember one of the first times I was working over there reading cards uh, for Jennifer's story ritual. And someone said to me, well, when did you first realize you were a witch or something? Or when did you know you were a witch? And it like kind of took me by surprise because it was nothing I really ever thought about. But I do feel, especially with all the soul work I've done and all the Krushik readings I've done, like we all carry this empowered woman within us. And to Mm -hmm. me, that's how I see a witch is like really that empowered woman that does connect with Mother Earth and that has that information and wants to bring it out. That's kind of how I see it. How would you say? Yeah, I think that's great. I I love how you said that it's an empowered woman. And that's kind of a lot of what I go into this book is like, that's one word for this type of person. And it's, that person could be male, female, non-binary, you know, it, it doesn't matter what gender you're expressing. It's really, I think that the feminine is really important part of it is acknowledging that divine feminine. But in the sense that um, that type of role, you know, in anthropology, they use shaman with a small s. And I know that word can be, um, controversial for some because some people say it's been appropriated and you know the truth is that there there's truth in both you know but I like the word and I kind of go into a lot of like why it's so powerful and why the anthropologists really use it as a constellation of of type of person that was important to many indigenous uh, societies of all from all over the world and that person is somebody who works with energies who kind of has an ability to, to go between the worlds, you know, to work with the other side. They often work with um, ancestors uh, and they bring back their knowledge through vision and through art and through creativity to help others. You know, they help themselves and they help others and they become counselors and role and, and healers. You know, that is a role that is in part of nature spirituality from the beginning, you know, and it's yeah. kind of cross-cultural again, you know, the different names, different, different uh, types, but really that witch has a lot of power behind her. Yeah, I agree. And I think some of the teachings that I bring through my own ancestral energies and things that I know, I don't even know how I know, except it has traveled through my DNA, you know, and they are of the shamanic practices, but I don't really call myself a shaman, you know, Mm -hmm. the same way I don't really call myself a witch, but I definitely work in energy medicine. I will say that, but I think some of this is what is evolving and what is coming forward. And I never really thought about it. Capitalist, not a capital. I never really thought about that, but that is an interesting thing to think about. But I do believe that your book right now coming out in where we are in humanity, like where we are trying to understand after everything that has occurred over these last couple of years and asking that question, like, who am I? What am I doing? Like, how can you address that with what you're bringing forward with this? Well, I think you begin with 
who am I, right? And and what you're saying about, you know, what nature spirituality offers is that connection to ancestors, which for many, you know, in mainstream traditions, it was something to be feared or not honored. You know, we, you know, in Western culture, sadly, you, and I worked as an anthropologist, I worked as an archaeologist, you go to a cemetery, you know, a lot of times nobody brings anybody's flowers anymore. You know, you go to a Latino culture, and people still honor their ancestors there. And if you go even deeper, in most indigenous societies, people honor their ancestors. And why do you do that? Because that's who you are. That's what makes you mm. who you are, knowing who we are, knowing that we come, you know, everybody has ancestors, you know, yeah. so, so that's a big part of it. And why it's happening now, you know, I, I do believe that we are in a paradigm shift. And I think a lot of us are getting that message. And I think a lot of us feel an urgency for it. You know, when you see, I don't think it's, it's, it's really, it's really debatable anymore. Are we going through climate change? I think people just want to argue who's to blame, you know, because people get angry and they're fearful and they don't know what's going to happen. So who can we blame? Who can we blame? Oh, or we can be in denial. You know, it's just like anything else in humanity. Like people can stay in denial or we can adapt. When you look at California right now and see what's going on or the fact that there's tornadoes in January down south or, you know, the fact that we don't have snow right now. I mean, it's just, it's not a matter of is it happening it's it is happening and what are we going to do about it and how are we going to change it and what brought us here like there is it is important to look at the roots of what's happening so uh, you know i'm hopeful i really am believe it or not i you know i do believe that the aquarian age is going to bring us a change in the way people think and address one another you know we're going from a type of binary thinking with piscean age is very this that male female black white you know it's all of that and we're moving into a time of unity unity consciousness, interconnection, interspirituality, you know, so I think that what the work we're doing right now, Terry, is, is part of it. And a lot of people are kind of having that, that awakening. Yeah, I agree. And having these spiritual conversations, I think is really, really valuable right now so that people can understand more and more about what do I ask? What are my questions? What do I believe in? You know, what are the limited beliefs that I even hold about, you know, paganism, just as the example here? Yeah. And I think that's really important and really understanding the importance of the sacred elements. I have loved the sacred elements since I was a little girl. You know, and I think about this sometimes, like, where did I even learn that? And it's got to be from my ancestors. And it's funny you say about the flowers. I was just at the cemetery yesterday. I do like to go out to the cemetery. I like the energy. It's beautiful. And it is my mother's, what we call in the Jewish religion, her yurt site. And there was also an unveiling of someone very close to our family. So I was out there. We bring rocks. Yes, <laughs> you know, I've we, seen some that. people will bring flowers, but we bring rocks. And right. so there are so many rocks. And That's somebody's beautiful. like, wow, who brings all the rocks? It's like, I do, I do. I really like that tradition. And I do think it's important that we do honor. You know, and we don't have to always agree. And that's one of the things I talk about. It's like you bring in the messages and then you thank your ancestors for those messages. But then you have to put it into relevance to where we are right now. Exactly. But those teachings, they never go out. Right. Those teachings are so valuable. Yeah. yeah and, you know, part of the shift that um, is important is recognizing that, like, as as the the older paradigm falls away, we want to bring forth what actually work and there's a lot of things that work those traditions like you're saying you know these these valuable traditions that have a lot of meaning for us are good you know don't throw out you know what we've we've achieved scientifically what you know certain technologies like we can have this 
this conversation today from Alabama and New York because we have science. So I'm not somebody who wants to go back to like, you know, who thinks it's there's some romantic notion in living in caves. Like we're not doing that, you know, yeah. but but what is important is what do we want to preserve? And my book is about that is like, what are the the most important teachings and knowledge that we want to take forward into the 21st, 22nd, 23rd century for the future, you know, into a diverse pluralistic society, you know, that is going to have to deal very directly with what we've done to the planet. Yeah, I so agree. I really do. And I think it definitely opens up the conversation. I mean, you get into energy healing, you get into the chakras, you get into herbal ways and natural medicine. And I think all of this is really important. And I think you know, I know when I first came back to Birmingham, like many people didn't get what I was talking about. They didn't understand well, what does energy have to do with spirituality? Isn't spirituality religion, right? But we have to start breaking it down. And like, I am so on a mission to talk about the energy subtle body. Like nobody teaches that. Well, mm -hmm. the mystery schools, which we teach, but it's not something you're going to learn in school, but we all have this subtle body of energy and we do need to address it. Yeah. And so I love that your book brings all of this in. And I feel like it really opens up the whole idea of what the cauldron is, what paganism is, what spirituality is. So I really applaud you for including all of that in your book. Thank you so much. You know, and another thing that I went to, that I began in 2020 was to get my clinical counseling degree. So I'm close to finishing right now. You know, I'm, I'm doing my internship and you would be happy to know that the idea of the, the body and energy and healing ourselves on all levels is a big part of counseling. You know, it's a big yeah. part of, of how people recognize healing today. And the reason why I include that is like, I try to stay solution focused in the book and talk about, you know, yeah, we could, we could go all day about all the problems that we have in the world, but what are we going to do about them? And one thing that's really important is to begin with ourselves, healing ourselves. you know, and the only way to, to replace a paradigm, the only way to change a paradigm is to replace it. You know, you're not going to, when people no longer find that it's valuable, but find a new way of being that's how we're going to to really come bring about change you know and the way that nature spirituality offers it and it, you know it began with the indigenous people you know that's like i said when i was at the parliament and i witnessed rituals and ceremonies with people coming from all corners of the globe from south america from north america from the east from the west from indigenous cultures in europe and everywhere you know that that we're coming together and and working together and it really touched me like i was moved to see these grandmothers a lot of elders coming in and just working ceremony because they believe it's the time too and that's the people we want to learn from some of them spoke at the, at, uh, the plenaries were, were uh, big um conferences and and they that's what they said you know one thing that european and and western people have to do is learn to listen listen to us because we've been the caretakers of the earth for so long this is what we do and the kind of things that we do are kind of universal in nature spirituality and i and i talk about those universals yeah and i think it's important too because i think sometimes in limited views you know, ritual is like black magic, but that's not it at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, ceremony, sacred ceremonies have been around forever. The sacred circle has been around forever. So opening up and expanding on what that concept is and knowing that this is how we get back in touch with that deeper part of us and the deeper part of Mother Earth and how we really recognize what we need to do so that we can honor and start to heal. And what you said too, self-healing, Definitely. 100%. You know, I hear, I hear all the time, oh, I'm too busy to meditate. I'm too busy to slow down. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. You could do it. You can take five minutes in the morning and five minutes before you go to bed. You can make sure to get outside 
and be part of nature. And that that's something that's like, a sh again, a consciousness shift is like thinking about instead of thinking about ourselves as like separate from not only nature, but from one another, you know, this last two, 3000 years, we've been separated from each other. You know, we're separate from nature. Nature was scary, but really to understand that we have to be this, we can't live off of this planet yet. We have great ideas to leave the planet, but right now we need all the elements. We need each other. We need, you know, that relationship to the other beings on this planet to eat, to survive and taking time to understand that and to honor it and to be appreciative. I think that's the key and the core value that we get from nature spirituality. And that's something that all people that I interviewed in this book are, you know, kind of shared that that connection to nature and to Mother Earth and to our spirits and our spirit guides, whichever way people looked at it, is essential for us to grow and to, you know, kind of overcome what that division that's been so prevalent in the last so many thousand years. Yeah. And I think, you know, going through the COVID years, it was such a drastic reflection of being isolated because we really were right. And it really created so much more emotional trauma in the world and just isolation and mental depression, all of that. So, yes, I really like that you said that as you're going through your counseling now that so many more of the whole mind, body, spirit is that connection coming back. Because I know when I went through my divorce, like I don't know how many years it was, like 25 years ago. There, it wasn't. It was just mental, 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 right. mental. And I wasn't getting to the root of it. And that's where I finally found a spiritual counselor, not even knowing what that meant. But boy, did my life change once I started working with her. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad started... to hear that. Yeah, it's so important to incorporate people's spirituality. In. Yeah. And as yeah. I said before, you know, this is an idea that's like, it's it's throughout the world. I mean, you'll find green Christians and you'll find green Muslims and you'll find, you know, it's it, a lot of, um, you know, uh, Jewish people are also like embracing their connection because a lot of the Jewish religion goes back to nature traditions and, and uh, yeah. holidays and stuff. So follows the, the moon calendar. Yes, yes absolutely. Exactly. Yes. So it's yes, there it for does. everyone, you know, it's just reconnecting yeah. to it and also removing the stigma and removing the the um fear you know i think that's a big part of why people are afraid of words like witch and pagan and you know nature and and the occult and you know the occult just means hidden and why was it hidden because it was a threat to these at the time newer ideas which were monotheism and and patriarchy and the patriarchy yeah. you know it had its benefit you know we always look at what what thing what did we get from it but it also has had a lot of things that have caused the problems you know and, and a big what did we get from it? Well, we've got science, we got technology, we got individual rights, you know. Uh, I'm joking, yes. half joking, but you do actually start the book talking about that. Yes. So yes, I agree. Yes. And I do feel that, yeah, so much of it was lost. And I feel like some of the extreme energies going on today, especially in politics, is is doing last attempts to control, but it's not happening, right? And I think that, you know, as the divine feminine comes around, we need both. We need both. And I'm a kid of, you know, I was born in the late 50s, 60s, right? And so it was a whole different idea. It was more feminism and Gloria Steinem. But now it's like, wait a minute, I need both parts of me. I need to find both parts. And that divine feminine, I need the masculine as well. And I think that's a difference coming forward right now. Exactly. You know, and not only are, are the forces in the world that are trying to control they're also doing that through division, you know, and, and that began with patriarchy. Patriarchy said men, women, different and not equal earth yeah. man 
different, not equal, you know, and it was all that. And from that came what? Racism, sexism, colonialism, all these isms that have caused major problems. And, you know, in the communities that I've been had the privilege of working with, you know, I worked at the, in, uh, the Omegan Institute. I've um, I've spent years in the pagan community. I'm also a uh, priestess of Obatala in the Lukumi tradition. Like, I'll tell you something really exciting is everyone's talking about that is how can we come together? How can we overcome racism? How can we, you know, recognize those wounds that we've had because of the way things have been and kind of work to overcome, you know, and, and, and part of that is really respect and honoring of where traditions come from. You know, some of the problems where a lot of people in, like, I want to say, uh, some of the new age traditions is, is because they, they disconnect it from where it came from, you know, instead of saying, okay, this is a practice. And I think that that's really important is to value everyone's voices, you know, where the traditions came from or where the beliefs came from. Like yoga is a great example. You know, yoga, a lot of people, I love yoga. I love yoga. It calms my brain. It's, it, it's, it's great for my body, but it's rooted in the traditions from India. You know, it's, it's a, right. a spiritual practice. So just just beginning there, I think, is part of that concept of, in my book. I talked about the bridge, the bridge between, you know, I've had the privilege of being in all those communities. So I like to use the book as a bridge to try to bring understanding and recognizing, you know, we're all actually allies. And this is really important work that we can come together for. Yeah, I agree. I was just about to ask, like, what are your hopes for this book? So I guess it is that the bridge. My hopes for the book is for people to recognize that this is the time that not only should we take pride in our traditions and but like use them beyond self, you know, self healing and self care is absolutely essential right now because we have to heal the parts of ourselves which are wounded by doing that we're going to help heal the world. But when only from that place can we begin to come together and begin to make change, you know, and change is going to is going to require a lot of different things and some of it may not be um, comfortable for us, you know, like the idea of living more sustainably. I agree. Yeah. And I do believe that when we work with that self-care that we can know what it feels like and we can know what we've been through and then have more compassion for those around us and then take this out into the world with that kind of compassion for each other. Exactly. You know, there's so many beautiful cultures and I know I haven't done enough traveling lately, right? I guess all of us haven't, but even just to open back up and recently just being down in Mexico and seeing those traditions and seeing how much it was like Guadalupe, you know, honoring the mother right before Christmas. And it was such a beautiful tradition and it's trying to get to the airport that morning and they had the, the horses going, you know, like everybody in their, their regal attire. It was just like such a beautiful thing. Right. And it, so it does remind us like, who are we and where do we come from and what do we want to bring forward. And I do love that you do talk about like relighting this, bringing this forward and that how you have shared so many different views in this book that gives an education that brings it forward in such a great way. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I really, you know, tried my best to bring different voices in, not just my own, you know, and I talk, I interview people from 10 different traditions. A few of them are uh, what I would consider modern indigenous practices one from Tuvan shamanism, one uh, from Taoism, and one from indigenous people from uh, New Zealand, the Maori. And then I also interview modern pagans because I think modern neo-paganism is a great expression for people today and why it's important. So I talk about, too, I interview people from Anamanta, heathenry, and I can't remember the last one right now off the top of my head, 
But um, and then finally, I talk, I, I interview people from the diaspora and why I think that those three communities aren't always talking to each other. You know, there's some really beautiful nature practices in the diaspora um, from Orisha tradition, Lukumi, Candomblé, Sansei, different forms of voodoo. Again, things that people tend to be afraid of, but because they're not educated or they don't understand or those traditions have been demonized. Yeah, I so agree. And I think education is so important. I think how we open up our mind instead of holding on to those limited beliefs. And I love Birmingham. It's beautiful. But I do find that there is a lot of that really holding on to the walls, you know, like those boundaries, right? But now's the time to open up, get out of the box, right? And really explore more and more of who we are and how we can reconnect to that unified force of energy. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, the idea that we look, we all have biases. We all have places and things that we fear, especially when we don't know the other person and what they come from. Like, I remember when I was in seminary, I had to confront some of my own prejudices that I wasn't even aware of until I actually went through seminary and said, oh, wow, I was holding some prejudicial ideas about this tradition or these people, and I didn't really understand. You know, so only by that work of getting to know people and and listening to what they have to say and how they're you know, where they're coming from and what their core beliefs are is where uh, how we're going to overcome these things. Yeah, I so agree. I really do. Listening to each other, really, and finding that place within our heart to open up from our heart. You know, the mind gets in the way a lot. So really finding the ability to drop into the heart and express this for sure. Yeah. What great conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much. So where can we direct people to find your book? So right now, um, my book will be out early March. Uh, you can go to Llewellyn, uh, the publisher. You can get them from here. You could also go to Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And I'm hoping to also get out to some independent bookstores in my area. I'm in the Hudson Valley in New York, but also in New Jersey and, and in areas. I'm going to do some book signings there, too. So I hope to uh, get it out in as many formats and, and uh, to as many people as possible. Excellent. So there, there is that pre-order going on right now for sure. Yes, yeah. you can order pre-order it, exactly. Any classes, any teaching, or more so just the spiritual counseling that you're doing? Well, I do offer classes through my website, um, www.soulblossomcenter.com. We'll be doing a new Wicca circle. I am a longtime priestess of Wicca. I'm going to be doing one based on our tradition of Soul Blossom Center. And I will be also teaching spiritual counseling at um, a organization that is actually a progressive Catholic organization called Grace Theological. They asked me to do um, be part of their ecumenical outreach and to do spiritual counseling for the inclusive reverends that are there. And that's about what I have scheduled now. And I am open to taking new clients as well in spiritual counseling. Very good. Yeah. Well, I do wish you all the luck with this book. And Excited for you to bring this out and to help all of us really understand more and more about spirituality, about paganism, about all the ways in which we can find that unified force, definitely. So as we go to close, I do like to come back and ask this question, and I feel like we have talked about it, but just what you would say about how relighting the cauldron can help to empower the spirit right now. I don't think there's anything more powerful than connecting with nature and really feeling that source infuse the work we do in the world. And not only for ourselves, because that's a big part of it, like I said, healing ourselves is where we begin, but healing each other and the world around us. 
you know, creating community in the kind of world that we want to leave behind. Creating community in the kind of world we want to leave behind, for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. All the luck to you, to your spirit. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I love this concept of nature spirituality. Enhancing your physical and spiritual connection to the earth can help create a more awakened humanity. Focusing on the relationship we have with ourselves is the place to begin. Connecting with nature and finding ways to live in harmony will help to relight this fire. Yes, it is about creating community and the kind of world we want to live in and leave behind. So as we move through this last month of winter, know that we are in a time of a renewal. A new paradigm is coming forward. It is a time to look within yourself and to ask so many of these questions. What is your spiritual practice? Is it limiting you? Or is it helping you to expand your horizons on how you live in your life as well in relationship to others? And can you renew your awareness with Mother Earth right now? Reach out to Wendy for her book. And if you're ready to upgrade your spiritual practice, make that commitment. Schedule a complimentary spiritual upgrade breakthrough call with me. Thanks again for listening. This is your host, Tarian Hyman, to your spirit. Namaste.